Hello and welcome to Theology for You. Glad you guys are here listening to me and Victoria is here with us today. Very excited. Hi. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, women studying theology. And of the two of us, she would be the expert because she is the woman. So so there you go. Um, uh, Anyway, so honestly, we're just going to kind of state the problem. Yeah. Uh, a few solutions and then some tips, some how to, some hacks, and then some resources for you. Um So anyway, yeah, we'll get we'll get started. Yeah. Thanks, Ben, for You're letting welcome. me talk on no, your podcast. Thanks for joining me. It's always good to have my lovely <laughs> wife with me. Um so what what is the problem? Why why is there a problem? How do we go about this? Where do we start? Yeah, I think um when it comes to talking about women studying theology, or as you kind of said, we're going to almost interchangeably say the Bible, studying theology, studying the Bible, um, studying about God through his word. When it comes to women doing that, I really think um, when you look around and if you were to talk to women or even just kind of personal experiential wisdom uh, that I've had, it seems that women feel that they are lacking in some way, the ability to thoughtfully study scripture. Either they feel that, or they've been told that in some manner, or they've never been challenged, you know, to Mm -hmm. study scripture for whatever reason. And so they don't think they have those capabilities. Um, And also, I think another um, problem, if you will, could be that Oftentimes we do see um, women-focused Bible studies that are more emotionally driven rather than um, driven by the text and by what God's Word would say. Um, It kind of makes for Bible studies that end up looking more like self-help sessions or, at the very worst, you know, a gossip or chat session than anything else. And so I think just that that by and large, and again, I don't I don't have any fancy numbers to give you or statistics. I but I I think that's something that many could resonate with, certainly in just growing up and in the church and kind of seeing the lay of the land firsthand. Like you said as as a woman, and I know you've seen observed though that kind of problem as well. Yeah. So when you say. Um, uh, l- l- lacking or there's a deficiency um is it is it from a tool standpoint or is it is it a deeper problem in that Hmm. when you say ability is it like um when they look at a text of scripture they don't know how to there's no context or tools to actually study the bible are you talking more like tools, or is it something maybe more, to use a big fancy word, maybe more existential in some way? Hmm. I feel that that's almost like a trick question. You want me to answer? <laughs> no, it's not way. a trick okay, question. Okay, okay. Um, <sighs> I want to know what you think. Yeah, what I think. Very funny. <laughs> I think, <laughs> in a way, in a way, maybe. Um, like the first that comes to mind would definitely be tools just because I think that in Bible studies, I say this like ones I've, I've been in or just kind of heard from other friends like, Oh, I was at my Bible study this week and X, Y, Z happened, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you would almost think it's a lack of tools or just a lack of ever being 
kind of challenge to look at the Bible in a, a thoughtful way or, or that like you, you do kind of wonder, like maybe people just women in particular don't know how to do this because it's not often done or, or, um, like I was just kind of hinting, I don't know if this is more existential, existential as you say, but just kind of hinting that, oh, well I'm, I'm a woman, maybe I'm emotional. And so I need to kind of like it it's really easy to just approach the Bible in the way that feels comfortable to you. So maybe, for example, if a if a woman is more emotionally driven or something like that, and maybe that's just the comfort spot for her, you know, not that she's incapable. Mm-hmm. It's just that that's kind of what comes naturally and easy. And so we feel that that's right. And again, I feel like maybe a caveat for this episode, we should say is obviously we're going to be talking about some stereotypes and Obviously, stereotypes exist for a reason, but mm-hmm. they are not stereotypical of all people. So if you feel like we're generalizing, we are, but it's hopefully to prove a point Well, and, and to make things helpful. Yeah. Don't you think when it comes to studying theology and to, to maybe kind of get rid of some of the stereotypes, mm. when it comes to studying theology or even studying the Bible and understanding the Bible, this is not just a problem particular to women no yeah i think in our american church culture anyway Mm. this is a um an epidemic in some ways just um maybe in an an aversion or just an ignorance of how to how to study the bible how to go about it or even really just the importance of the bible itself like like that if we take the bible seriously like a scholar would take his or her studies that we're we're going to miss something or we're we're devaluing the bible if we treat it with any kind of seriousness we should just let it speak to us and how we feel is that is that what you mean or yeah yeah like um mm. I, I think some of the things that we are talking about mm. while i i do think there are problems in the church when it comes to specifically to women mm-hmm. and how we approach ministry um, I think another way to kind of alleviate some of that is that this isn't just a woman's, a, a woman's problem. This is a also a church problem. Not to diminish the problem. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. At all. But um, so yeah. That's well, that's the, go ahead. No, I was going to say no. It's it's good. It's good that you kind of say that and bring that up because I think that leads nicely into talking about the solution. Mm-hmm. So if if the problem is we sort of see that women, whether it's um, real or perceived, they there's some they feel there might be some sort of lacking in ability to study the scripture for themselves mm-hmm. what's the solution the solution is to come at the bible not as a woman or a man but as a christian first and foremost um is that in galatians that paul is saying we're neither male nor female, male nor fe- slave male nor free. female. yeah slave nor free so um and the, so that's that's from the bible the bible tells us that we don't need to approach it with any other identity first in our mind other than being a Christian. And so that does sort of answer the the bigger church-wide problem you're mentioning that oftentimes we'll want to put our own identity um, before before the identity that Christ has given us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can just confuse things or, or maybe if it doesn't even confuse things, it can just kind of water down and make you miss some of the richer points of the Bible. Um, do you have any thoughts on that or... Yeah, I was thinking, I, I can't, it was a few years ago mm-hmm. when I saw uh, someone had done a study Bible tailored to, like, army servicemen. Yeah. 
Um, I, there's a lot. I mean, yeah, like so, a student yeah, whatever, so, study Bible. So, yeah, students study, study Bible. Children's. Right. Or uh, it's like a yeah, student, yeah, student study Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, really just, you know, I have to come at the text not as someone who is a, a pastor and someone who works at a bank, but as a, a Christian, one mm-hmm. who's been redeemed mm-hmm. by Christ um, by God's grace. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I definitely see where that, that is an issue where we kind of get the order wrong. We look at it through our own lens or an identity, like you said, that we pick yeah. for ourselves, not necessarily one that the Bible says is true about us. Yeah. And what you're, this is something that I've learned from you, but when we get the order wrong, what we're doing is switching meaning and application so the Bible has the same meaning for everyone in that the truths of the Bible are the same whether you're a 20-something-year-old American white woman who, you know, works in a marketing agency or you're a 50-year-old Indian man who, you know, is um, has a shop on the streets of Mumbai or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, the meaning of the Bible is the same for both of those Christians, but the application in meaning like what, what we're going to do with that truth, what we're going to, how we're going to take what we've learned and apply it to our lives is going to look different just because Mm of whatever age, culture, time, you know, that sort of thing. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's the big maybe solution is coming to the mm-hmm. Bible first as a Christian. And also um, something that, that this is a, a resource I'll mention later at the end of the show, but Jen Wilkin wrote a fantastic book called Women of the Word. And I just found it really helpful. Just kind of, she addresses more eloquently than we are right now, probably <laughs> the, the problem and the solution. Um of the problem that exists when women approach the Bible and one of those solutions. But she says um, in this book, we will not wake up 10 years from now and find that we have passively taken on the character of God. So that in context, she's talking about um, we take on God's character. We become more like Christ through studying the Bible. And that takes work, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. not something that's just going to pop one day and magically happen to us. So well, and that goes along with you know, we've been defining theology as the studied practice mm. of knowing God. Like it's a it's a continual, yeah, it's a continual thing. Yeah, maybe Ben. Another solution we've kind of talked about is churches acknowledging and equipping women to lead out in ministry. Just as a as an elder, do you want to talk about that some and what that? Why yeah. that's important when it looks yeah, like Yeah, I think there's a few things that churches can do in this. Um, I kind of view preaching, and I, I, this is not original to me, that as we as we preach, um, we should be teaching people how to read their Bible better. So mm-hmm. our, our preaching should be equipping men and women in the church, the people of the church, the people of God, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to read their Bible on their own. So... Um, that's that's one solution. I think another one, and this is something um, I know our church is going to try to do soon, sooner rather than later, I hope, is even looking at specific areas of ministry 
and having like training classes hmm. for that. The one that we're thinking about doing is biblical counseling, hmm. having the ladies of the church sitting through some of those courses. Because, I mean, honestly, there's going to be some people that I can't counsel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or that don't want me to counsel them as yeah. a as a male. So uh, I think that's another thing. And just being intentional in making sure that um, people know how to read the Bible. Mm. And that it's not just a cursory thing. That, and ultimately that the Bible can be understood. That's why our uh, the way we do discipleship at our church is... It's really either one-on-one or one-on-two, and all we do is we just sit down and read the Bible together, and we, we, we talk about what the passage means, yeah. and then how it has um, ramifications for our life today. Um, but one reason we believe that is that if you've got the Holy Spirit, you can understand the Bible. Yeah. Um, are there hard points? Yes. Are we going to need um, to work at it? To understand it, yeah, we will. Even with the help of the Holy Spirit, it, it still takes some work. Yeah. But without the Holy Spirit, we couldn't understand any of it. So. Yeah. So, good. And so I, think, I think that's some that's some practical steps that the church at large uh, can take, and those are simple. I don't think there's anything complicated in those. You don't have to start a new program. Right. To no. Do that. I was just it's I was just, just in thinking the life of the church. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's beautiful in a way that we're you know when i was preparing to do this podcast on women in theology i was trying to think of specific ways you know how would this apply to women or how does it look different and really that's what we're saying is it doesn't in christ we're all Mm -hmm. united that's our primary identity it's um you know it's neither male nor female neither slave nor free and so i think the neat thing is that understanding the solution is you know is kind of the same in a sense for anybody who struggles mm-hmm. studying the text, but then as as we'll talk in a second, applying how that looks differently, like sure that's gonna it's gonna look yep. differently based on how God made you, but it's just it's neat to me that the the ways God has put in place for us to work and learn together um, are the same for everybody. It's not a special you know we all have the same Holy Spirit. There's not a male version of the Holy Spirit or a female version or mm-hmm. an old version, you know, yeah. or a young version. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's big, two, two big solutions. Cause you've got a, an individual solution, mm-hmm. um, which is coming to the Bible as mm. a person, as a Christian. In other words, coming to the Bible when you read it, right. Understanding, uh, who God has made you and that's your identity. Yeah. And then we've got a, um, a corporate church solution as well because it's got to be it's got it has to be both and mm-hmm. like the church has to do its part and the individual has to as well sure so how like how does that look i think again the the answers are simple simple not easy and simple not unimportant but just really straightforward it's immersing yourself in the text it's making time in your day making it a priority um to get into the word and we'll we'll talk in a second especially for women maybe some ways you could get that done um meditating on the text thinking about it again and again praying through the text those are just simple i mean that that's Mm -hmm. bible study that's basic bible study but 
um, it's what needs to happen. Yeah, you know, understanding comes through exposure mm, and yeah. time. Time with the text. I, I've heard a story of a preacher who wouldn't actually start writing out his sermons until he wrote uh, read the passage he was preaching on seventy times. Seventy. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah. You may not need seventy times. He thought he, <laughs> thought he needed seventy times, but yeah, mm. just spend time in the text, meditate on it. One of my um, favorite authors that talks about meditation is Donald Whitney, mm-hmm. and he says meditation is absorption. I've got it on my whiteboard here in our study. Mm. Um, so med- meditating on it is really just absorbing what is in that text and just mm. understanding that truth, and then just even pray through the text. I mean, just very simple, very simple things. Right. Um, but a lot of impact. Mm. A and lot just of impact. Yeah, no, it, to, to give an idea of what that impact could look like, we're going to do, and to kind of show the difference between meaning and application. So when we're, these Bible study, not tips, but kind of, bu- you know, Bible study how-tos we just mm-hmm. described, um, we're saying everyone should do those, men and women. Mm-hmm. But maybe for a woman, how would that, how would that look when she's approaching a text? So for example, if, if we're saying application is the text means X, how does that affect my life right now? So maybe for an example, we can take a passage from this book you just preached out of Ben, First John, First John 3, 1. It's a good book. It is. <laughs> First, it's your favorite, one of your favorites. First mm-hmm. um, John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. So... That is the text, right? Mm-hmm. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. Since you just preached on this, I'm going to put you in the hot seat and say, what is the meaning of that text? If, like if we're doing Bible study right now, then we'll talk about application. Mm-hmm. For, so yeah, uh, the, the meaning, um, some versions will translate this, see what great love mm-hmm. the Father has given to us. So John is drawing attention to the wonderful love that God the Father has given to us. And that word given means just what you think it means, given. Mm-hmm. God has given uh, that love to us, and that love changes things. Mm-hmm. He gave us his love so that we should be called children of God. But we're not just merely called children of God. We are children of God. Mm-hmm. So this is an identity verse. John is telling us that we are God's children, and we are God's children because God has loved us. So there's you. That's the quick summation of the meeting. Right. Summation. Yeah. <laughs> that's people at church probably wish it was that quick. <laughs> yeah, that's a that was a forty minute sermon, folks. Um, so cool. No, that that's the meaning, and that's the same for everyone. But to kind of show a woman studying the Bible, for example, that verse's meaning will apply differently. So just in using myself as an example, um. I'm a woman right now. I'm a stay-at-home mom to a very feisty toddler and one on the way, or a little girl, and then we have another girl on the way. Um, so what does that mean for me when I wake up tomorrow and parent her, um, be you know, be a wife and a mom and do my womanly, wifey, motherly things in our house? Um, so what it... What it means is that I can know I am a child of God just as I'm parenting our children. Um, means that I remember just like my I'm teaching our daughter, I also have many things to learn um, that 
God is teaching me through his love that he's calling me his child. So um, anything in my day as a mom is put there by God to help me become more like Christ, like knowing that because of God's great love, he calls me his child. He's made me his child. Anything that happens to me is to that end. So when our daughter throws one of her becoming impressively famous tantrums, um, that means that I have the opportunity to be loving with her, to be just as loving as God was loving with me. And that means that I don't have to freak out or get angry or, um, I don't know, get depressed or discouraged. I'm doing something wrong. I can just remember, no, you know what? Got the, see what kind of love the father has Mm -hmm. given to me that I should be called a child of God. And so I am. So that means that I can then relate to my child in that same loving way. And hopefully ultimately, you know, model something for her. Mm -hmm. And this, this this would be more of a general application or maybe universal application, but that also means, um, from an application standpoint, circumstances don't change your identity. Mm. So no matter what you might face with Carson or what I might face with a a customer Mm -hmm. tomorrow at work, Mm -hmm. my identity doesn't change. Right. I can still act out that identity no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And then like, but specifically, yeah, I agree what you just said. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> one one caution I would give on application, and this has you didn't say anything to trigger this. To Kyle, okay. yeah, um, that's really your funny. application always has to be driven by the text. Mm, yeah. Like you can't read First John three one and take that to mean uh, what we said it means, and then just mm. go do whatever you want with it. So like mm. the way you talked about the application was driven by the meaning of the text. Mm -hmm. So while we might apply it in different ways, Mm -hmm. even when we're applying it in various ways, it's still, we both have to get it from the text. Mm, Yeah. That's just a word of caution. Because application, application is normally where Bible studies get into, well, to me, Mm. this means, da-da-da. And that's not always. So you've got some good hacks to kind of make sure that we get into the Bible yeah stuff like that. thinking maybe again specifically as a woman just kind of mm-hmm. not to exclude the men in this episode but you did call it women in theology I did. It's so okay. there we go um <laughs> i'm glad we did this is something that i have heard from another kind of godly uh woman wife and mom her tip or hack was that especially if you're parenting, especially like little, little guys, little ages, your days can be very crazy and unpredictable. And, um, her tip was just to leave your Bible out so that whenever you do have a moment, you can study it. And I say this, I'm, I'm obviously not saying like, you don't ever need to spend longer in the Bible than like five minutes you have at your kitchen sink, but it's not a bad idea. Certainly. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things. My tendency is definitely to do a quick check of Facebook and see who's talking about what. But wouldn't that five minutes be better spent, you know, while Carson's doing whatever, like reading over a verse, meditating again over something that I read earlier, thinking again about how it applies to me or spend that time praying for a friend. But just the, I thought that tip was a good one, just kind of keeping your Bible yeah. out. Um, again, kind yeah. of especially thinking about like a mom situation. Yeah. Well, one thing but, you did too when mm-hmm. Carson was little, yeah. Is you would use your Bible app or like even the ESV Bible app while you were rocking her 
yeah or whatever since she loved to be rocked yeah so. yeah no and that's good too like by for sure like bible apps like i know there's different theories on you should never look at your phone if your kid's around and whatever but i i did find you know when you have hours of rocking at night or if you're a nursing mom or something like that those moments can be often really just sweet times of like reading the bible with your kid or you know just a it's a it's a moment it's a structured moment in your day where you're going to be sitting down if you have an app you can do that with one hand and have the other free for the baby so um that's one tip another one is to if you're not already get in a women's bible study at your church or if you don't have one at your church novel idea form one of your own it's not hard all you really need is at least another woman and a bible and the holy spirit and if you have those things then you can do a bible study um so just kind of, yeah, that's that's more of an encouragement. Like, just get out there, do it. It doesn't have to be hard or scary. You don't have to meet in a super, you know, secret or super special place. It can just be your houses or maybe if you're at the park with your kids or something like that. Um, maybe you're a working woman and you can, you know, have a girlfriend at lunch or something. That's what you guys do once a week at lunch is go through a Bible, book of the Bible. That would be good. Um, something I've been doing lately which has also been encouraging. And again, this could be stereotypical, but I know women often like to talk a lot and to communicate with each other and that sort of thing. And so what I have found with a couple good friends of mine, especially ones that live far away, is just texting can be really helpful. Like redeem your time texting to like remind each other of the gospel or to pray. I definitely sent out and received, you know, long prayer text like so it's kind of cool for somebody who can't be with you right there to kind of know what they were praying for you and to kind of have that saved in your phone um so just if that's something i feel like most women do in general like why not use that for um for purposes that can remind everyone of jesus Mm -hmm. do you have any hacks or tips ben you know, um, just seeing you with Carson and the time that it can take, just because she's, um, shall we say, demanding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might be putting it politely. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and this may seem bad. I don't know. A lot of people don't like doing this, but one hack might just be schedule your time. Mm. Just, you know, uh, mark it on the calendar and say this is this is my Bible time. Mm-hmm. This is the time I'm going to sit down and really get into a text and mm-hmm. try to understand it. Um, that would, I think those are great. I think that's the only thing yeah, just I would making add it, as far as hacks go. Mm, like having a schedule, maybe giving it to your uh, husband or whoever's helping you. Yeah, or, like a good, or a good, or a even a good friend. friend that can check in and say, mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, I know you have this on your schedule. How's it been going? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing, before we get to resources, um, mm-hmm. any husbands or couples that might be listening out there, I th- really work um, to create a culture to, to do this. Hmm. Maybe not even if, if you're not able to do it together. Like um, our, our schedule doesn't always lend. We want to try to do more of this, but it doesn't always lend to us studying together in yeah. this fashion. But having conversations about what the what both of you are learning in the Bible and how it's um, mm-hmm. making an impact, maybe questions that you have about the text. I know we both 
we'll we'll do that a lot. Yeah, um, it's like, hey, I've been reading this. Would you look at it too? You yeah. know, something like yeah. that, just with questions. But really, work hard to create a just a, a culture of good Bible study in your house. And honestly, part of creating that, and we haven't figured this out by the way either. But um, I think part of creating it is just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so anyway, it's just a... No, that's good. That's good. Um, So we've gone... Wow. We've gone really Look at the time. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. I hope the listeners feel the same way. (laughs) I was going to say, hopefully they're having fun. Um, Well, if they made it to this, they'll at least have at least 15 (laughs) seconds of fun. Um, You have quite a few resources listed here, and I think we're going to try to put some in the show notes. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mention some here and put the rest in there. Maybe if you could pick, like, two resources Mm -hmm. and or authors that Mm -hmm. you would, like, your top two out of what you have so far. Yeah, well, I've already mentioned it, but she's worth a second mention. Jen Wilkins' Women of the Word book was very helpful. It came out last year, so it's fairly new. Um, Just be good. If you're a, like, I think it would be a cool thing for, I don't know, like a pastor, for example, to buy, you know, or a church to buy for the women in their church or women's Mm -hmm. Bible study leaders, at least, or something like that. Just a really good resource. Also, Jen Wilkins has um, Bible study curriculum that she writes herself, and they're just a really good, like, Um, it's not so much, it is curriculum meant to help you study that particular book of the Bible, but also it's curriculum designed to give you those tools. And I know she had outlined some practices and ideas that never occurred to me to do in my Bible study or that I hadn't practiced before. And now I am, um, I need to do more of it again, just honesty moment. Like I'm not, I'm not perfect and I haven't. Um, perfectly kind of implemented everything I learned through doing her studies, but it was just helpful in terms of putting those tools in your toolkit. Um, so Jen Wilkin is one. And I found um, Mary Cassian. I don't know. I, I'm not as as familiar with her as I am some of these other people I put on my list. But she is just seems to be a really wise lady um, from Canada. And there's hey. a, I know, she's <laughs> now our Canadian listeners are going to stop. Um, but just really very smart. I'll link to her, a talk she gave that I thought was helpful at a recent conference um, in her site in the show notes. But she's, she's not old, but she's, you know, she's older. She's not like a millennial kind of age, but just cool example to see a woman who's lived um, a godly life and is really smart and has a lot of good insights. And then my third one will probably be Gloria Furman. And you knew that was coming, but Gloria Furman has written a couple books now and she, um, she's really helpful to read in terms of seeing that, um, meaning and application, like you were saying, come out to play. Like all of her books have been really good at, you know, mentioning text, pointing to text and then kind of, okay, so how does this apply to me right now? And like, what does the gospel mean in my mothering and my being a wife and what have you? So those are my three. The rest will be in the show notes, guys. She's an overachiever. We asked for two and she gave us three. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I knew you were going to get Gloria Furman in there. I one have way to the get other. her in there. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, um, I hope this was helpful, at least from a, a practical standpoint. Um, we, we totally uh, rewrote this show. And recording and, it much later. Yeah, much at night. later than we normally do, but um, <laughs> I think it turned out a lot better than what we had 
planned originally. Yeah. Um, so I hope it was just encouraging. Um, and to realize that this is, we've mentioned this a lot in the first two months already of theology for you, but a lot of this is just identity and we need to grasp who we are in Christ and what God's word Mm -hmm. uh, says about us. So I hope you guys have a, a really good week. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. And um, I'm looking forward to our next episode. We're going to do a couple episodes on our personal favorite doctrines or theological subjects. Mm. So I'll be up next week and we'll be looking at um, Union with Christ. It's pretty awesome. It's good stuff. Sounds good. But until then, see you all.